there, this is Sam Piercy, and I'm going to welcome you to Money Minding Today. I'm your host, and today we're starting the first of five shows in a series I call Death by Money. And today we're going to start off by looking at the situation that causes fear, doubt, scarcity, lack, uncertainty, and any kind of stress around finances. And that doesn't matter whether you have a thousand dollars or whether you've got millions. If you're not able to connect biblical prosperity with basic financial math and the use of the financial tools in our world today, then you will be experiencing what I have and what so many other people have, and that is what we call a death by money, death of something, death of relationships, death of dreams, death of um, just life through stress. So let's start off with a word of prayer before we start to unlock the causes of money stress and really how the the simple solutions that we find within our day-to-day can help us overcome this and triumph through our relationship with the Lord Jesus. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have given us so much value in your word. Thank you that you are here guiding us and leading us and instructing us in the way we should go. And thank you that your ways are peaceful and restful and that we can lay these burdens at your feet. And you too, you do care about the financial situations of your people. And so as we start to discuss this today, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your wisdom to speak through this message. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. So as always, I want to encourage you to visit moneymindingtoday.com. There you will find the show archives from this show, plus all of the discussion, all of the notes, most importantly, the follow-up discussion questions. And everything is available for free. When you enter your name and email, you'll have an opportunity to ask questions and submit comments on this show or the other shows or something that you'd like me to address in a future show. There's a special free bonus for radio listeners, just for radio listeners, and you'll also have an invitation to join my Village of Blessings, which is an online community where you'll find the show notes and archives and also a whole lot more. I've got a bunch of eBooks and various financial planning tools, and all of that is available for free when you start at moneymindingtoday.com. So let's look at death by money. And I'm going to start off by just presenting a couple of different situations. You're buying or refinancing a house, and perhaps maybe the whole mortgage situation is overwhelming and you're not really sure what kind of terms and all of the language and variables around mortgage financing. Perhaps maybe you're getting the messages, well, interest rates are are going to go up, so you better lock in. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do with that. Second situation. The new financial reality of divorce, maybe, is creating a heavy burden and maybe debt from legal bills or just trying to maintain a sense of normalcy for the kids while also learning to navigate finances on a uh, single income. Third situation, maybe you've been laid off from your job or you maybe are concerned you might be and there's upcoming bills and you're not really sure what is going to happen in the weeks and months ahead. Fourth one, maybe you or somebody in your 
uh, immediate family has had some serious medical issues and you have been distracted from your work while you've been helping them out. Or fifth, maybe a while ago you invested in some sort of creative investment or business strategy. Um, maybe you even took out a second mortgage or used some credit in order to invest into this opportunity. And despite your cautious approach and extra due diligence, you somehow realized that it was either a scam or was absolutely not going anywhere. Sixth situation. You've received a sizable deposit, maybe from an inheritance, a pension payout, a business or real estate sale of some sort, and now you're dealing with managing a new windfall. Seventh situation is maybe your profitable local family business has been slowly declining because of changes in the area or the business climate around you. Whatever it is, despite your ongoing commitment and creative business strategies, the overhead and mounting business debt seem to be getting further, seem to lead you further and further behind. And final situation here is maybe you've been trying not to look at your financial papers and you've been carrying on living your life and one day you sit down and you add up all the numbers and realize that the whole idea of paying off your debt and your mortgage and accumulating enough savings so that you can eventually retire is probably not going to happen unless you won the lottery. So <laughs> we've got eight different scenarios. I'm sure there's many, many, many more. But the reality is that when we look at finances from a scarce perspective, meaning a poverty mindset, which says money is a fixed scarce resource, or when we uh, look at the, the fear of rates going up or the fear of not having enough or the fear of making a wrong decision, we are not making decisions from the place of rest and peace and knowledge and wisdom. And what happens is that intimidation causes us to retreat and become isolated and to think we need to do it all by ourselves. That's not God's plan. And what we need is a balanced financial system within our lives and this requires solid money management but our conventional approach to dealing with personal finances however many years I've been dealing with this about 30 years it fuels fear doubt and scarcity while the other which is God's Word encourages abundance increase and community there's a big difference between spend less than you earn and earn more than you spend now I can talk about this because I've taught the curriculum for financial advisors for many years I worked in the industry in fact I still maintain my industry credentials and so I know very well that there is a a mindset and a directive which is focusing on accumulation and uh, this big pot of gold and get out of debt and and there's a lack of focus on creating ongoing increasing sustainable income we are taught to go and get a good education so that we can get a good job and then we can take money out of circulation and put it on deposit so that eventually 40 years down the road we can retire and then we can live off that. So let me just give you an example though of how this concept does not work, ma work mathematically and why 
it's so important that we combine knowledge of the world system with an understanding of God's Word. We need to bring the two together. So here's a basic question that happens in financial planning, and that is, how much money do you think you need for retirement? Well, sadly, too many people told me when I was doing this kind of work full time that, well, just tell me how much money I'm going to have and then I'll figure it out from there. Well, right there, they are not tapping into the plans and the purposes and the vision that God has purposed for their life. All right, let's carry on. Because ultimately, how much money you need for retirement which is leaving full-time work, will depend on how much income you need. So the basic financial calculation is financial math, and it's a present value calculation. And I'm going to use $3,000 a month, and there's a good reason for that, that when you go to the website and you maybe download the the ebook or do the follow-up notes, you'll understand that $3,000 a month represents a household average for all of North America. So it might not be your situation, but it's nice to use the averages for example purposes. So $3,000 times 40 years, say in retirement at a 5% net income means that you would need $622,152 in order to support your $3,000 a month income. But the reality is that you need to get the money first. So if if our average household is earning $3,000 after tax, the situation really looks like $3,000 a month present value income times say 2% inflation, and all of these are just examples, that equals the equivalent of 6,672 future value over that same 40-year period. So $3,000 a month over a 40-year period would be the equivalent of about $6,600 40 years from now. So what that means is that instead of needing $622,000 to support a $3,000 a month income, what you really need is one point, well, $1,383,667 if you use the financial math calculation to provide the same level of income that a $3,000 a month is today and assuming that 2% inflation and a net 5% growth. Now you could say well I'm going to get more but the reality is that it takes it would take $906 a month for a 40 year period in order to accumulate enough money to be able to maintain that average household income. A third of the take-home pay. It's a simple financial math, but it requires looking at things from a different perspective. And if you didn't get all that, then go to Money Mining today and um, sign in to the Village of blessings and you can get the notes and then you can review it and all of this is called financial math. It's actually basic financial planning. It is in the introductory financial planning course that I taught for many years. But see, I recently heard actually more than one financial or investment advisor talking about how you've got to be careful. You can't afford to risk your money. You can't afford to take on any debt because you might run out of money in retirement or you might not have accumulated enough money in retirement. 
Well, what's happening is they're fueling scarcity. They're fueling doubt. And that's what the financial curriculum tells them to do. That is what I taught for many years. I actually had a certification that said I was a retirement planning specialist. It just is what it is. The conventional mindset is focusing on accumulating and downsizing, not on creating a sustainable and increasing income to support the lifestyle that you personally want to live. It's very, very, very different. So let me tell you about death by money, because this is what I wrote in about 2012 as I was awakening to the biblical basis for what I'd actually been teaching for many years before and had been revealed to me in about 1997 when I was still working managing money and helping people to accumulate a big investment portfolio and then downsize it and hopefully not run out. So the ebook that was written in 2012 is called The Death by Money Report. So over the next five weeks we're going to explore the situation which is what we're talking about right now what the conventional money wisdom is, what's wrong with it, as we've been sharing, the paradigm shift, and how a simple $10 solution can help to transform your mind. So if you think faith is big as a mustard seed to move mountains, or if you think the parable of the talents and the doubling, think something small and simple like $10. So that's what we're going to look at over the next five weeks. And our theme for today, though, is John 10.10, and how that plays out in the the contradiction between the word of God and the world of money. So the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I have come, says Jesus, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So let's look at the word, uh, the definition of abundant. I love dictionary.com because it's so simple and it provides a world basis for the definition of some of these words that we tend to just take for granted. Abundant. Present in great quantity, more than adequate, over-sufficient, an abundant supply of water as an example, well supplied with something, abounding, a river, abundant in in salmon is the example here, richly supplied as with resources or an abundance of land. The cinnamons for abundant are copious, profuse, overflowing, and plentiful, teeming, and rich. And of course, the opposite to that, the antonym, is sparse and scarce. Our challenge today is to establish a godly vision in the world of materialism and not to deny that Jesus came for abundance in all areas of our life. I have a program called Financial 180, and you can read about that um, in the Village of Blessings that you can access through Money Minding today. And that program is called a Financial 180, and it's about establishing a godly vision with a price tag on it and a foundation for following Jesus and for cultivating your relationship with Him and others throughout your day-to-day financial life and all the various day-to-day transactions that go on and all of that is in the village of blessings and so what I want to do is I want to take a look at a few verses in Matthew 6 and Matthew 6 
I'll like, tell you which ones we're going to leave out here in a second. But you can read through the whole thing. Of course, I always encourage you, go to the Word, read it for yourself. The Word of God is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that is so true in my own life. Uh, as you'll hear me share many, many times how I was in such a state of stress and uh, not able to function, couldn't handle noises, uh, could barely make a decision, certainly was not moving around very much, and uh, didn't want TV or radio, and even if the noise of a fan would bother me. I couldn't read books, but for some reason the Word of God became life to my soul. And so I encourage you always, always get a Bible pick it up, keep it with you. If you're experiencing any kind of serious stress, then a real Bible, not just something on your phone. Because if something happens, you can always grab a book and flip it open and just let your eyes gaze on the pages. And the Word will speak to you. The Word will wash over you. And you might be at the grocery store wondering whether or not there's enough money in the account. Or maybe you think there's enough money in the account and all of a sudden your, your credit card is declined. Or you find out that there's no debit and you need and they need cash whatever it is whatever it is that's causing you stress you go to the gas pump and you're like oh my goodness that is so much money whatever it is keep the word handy because the word is alive and it is strong and the joy of the lord that you get from reading the word is your strength to make decisions to carry on to build your confidence and to be transformed in your mind to the abundance and the beauty of god's promises so let's look at Matthew 6. In my Bible, it starts off with treasures in heaven. And so I'm starting at verse 19. And it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We know this verse really, really well. So let's carry on now here to verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So just pause there for a second, because in my experience, I know that when money is tight, you think about it a lot. But I also know that when money is overflowing in abundance, where there is overflow, that those people then depend on their day-to-day -day systems so that they're, they are able to live their life without money consuming their mind and their decisions so that they can focus on the values and the purposes that God has for them. And so the key there is a system to manage the money because if money's tight, you're going to be thinking about every nickel and dime and that would be serving money. If money is overflowing but you don't have a system, then you're likely to get caught from behind in, or you might be mismanaging it. And God doesn't say to, God wants us to be good stewards of everything. And so just because somebody has a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean that they are being good stewards of it. All right, let's carry on here. Um, the end of verse 30 it says, O you of little faith, why do you worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So let me tell you, that first of all, this doesn't mean to ignore money. It certainly doesn't mean that being broke is uh, holier than now, or that being broke will be will cause you to be more righteous. Does it mean that we ignore opportunities and planning? Absolutely not. The concept for death by money was written in the middle of the deepest financial stressful situation I could even imagine. And it was God who pulled us through. And I can tell you that worrying about tomorrow really did cause that stress. Worrying about the next hour caused that stress. Worrying about the next transaction caused that stress. That is not of God. So what does it mean? Do we ignore it? No, absolutely not. Do we spend everything we have and don't take advantage of today's financial tools like insurance and credit? No, we don't ignore them at all. They, uh, let's take a look at um, the community benefit because God works in community. God doesn't want us to test him. So he doesn't want us to acquire a lifestyle just like he doesn't want us to not think about the community benefit. I'm going to use insurance for a second because I've picked on credit a lot on money minding today. Insurance. Every time you make a premium payment, you're actually contributing a small amount of money to a big pot. If something happens, somebody's car breaks down, somebody's, um, somebody gets a break-in or a house burning down, or somebody gets sick, or maybe somebody dies prematurely, whatever it is, insurance is there as a community benefit. Insurance is not one of those things that you want to nickel and dime and it's definitely not one of those things that you want to uh, ignore or that you want to um, pretend like it's going to be okay because God does provide. Yes, God provides. God is a God of, he is a healing God. He is a merciful God. But in today's world, he gives us these things which operate much like in the thousands of years ago when people worked and supported each other in the community. So death by money is a mindset of scarcity and self and saving. We find things like I can't afford it, which is very different than how can I afford it? Lord, what are you saying to me in this desire that I have? We say things in death by money that are, well, you're overspending. Well, according to whose judgment? Maybe you're just under earning or maybe you haven't actually laid that before the Lord and you're trying to sacrifice instead. Maybe you just need to rearrange the timing and the flow and to create some systems. It's amazing how much money I have uncovered for people uh, or heard people uncover when they just apply some systems. Hundreds of dollars that's just right there in front of them. Are we talking budgets, which most people think of as restricted, or are we talking about cash flow? Are we talking about retirement, or are we talking about income so that you can leave full-time work? Are we talking about a job, or are we talking about income? Do we say things like get out of debt, or are we looking at how to be wise with credit? Are we doing estate planning, or are we planning to leave an inheritance to our children's children? Are we saving money or are we investing to create, uh, to build and acquire assets, to create income, an immediate income, which enables us to build and acquire more assets, to create even more uh, income, and so on and so forth. See, you can buy investment clothing, for example, or even investment furniture. It might not necessarily be co a collectible antique, but, you know, antiques are, believe it or not, on 
on the investment hierarchy. People do invest in antiques, and there are antiques that are worth millions of dollars. Clothing, if you buy disposable clothing, you're likely going to spend a lot more than if you bought a couple of more uh, expensive, valuable, higher-end pieces, and then you had less of it. But you need to start thinking in terms of investing and being a good steward of everything instead of, well, how can I save 50 cents here or there? Why don't people purchase quality things? Maybe because they're worried about being judged. I recently read a blog of someone who was proud of their secondhand car and they were criticizing a very successful minister of the gospel for a 20,000 some odd purchase that they, antique purchase that they had made actually. And uh, this minister reached, reaches millions of people with the gospel and donates millions to humanitarian causes and I'm pretty sure that judgment like this blogger was displaying was an indication of a bitter root of resentment perhaps most likely brought on by scarcity mindset fueling personal entitlement and you know God says that we're not the judge if someone is spending on credit so that they look good um, then you know that's not that's between them and God it's not for us to judge. God's desire is that we seek him with our whole heart and we will find him and he will guide us and he will instruct us in the way we can go. Is it pride if we have a new car, if we have expensive clothes, if we live in a new home? God will call each of us separately. We're not all going to be millionaires, nor does everyone even aspire to live the lifestyle like that minister who was responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, That's a big, big responsibility. And it's not for us to judge how they spend their money. Because remember, when you spend your money, it overflows to create blessings to others, other businesses who employ people many, many times over. We have to remember that there's a community benefit to everything we do. And God's plan for dealing with finances is always in community. None of us really even need to be millionaires. We need to establish our relationship with the Lord so that he can clarify our godly vision. And then we partner with him by doing our homework to find out how much that vision vision is going to cost and how he would have us plant seeds in order to produce the income and everything else required to see that fulfilled for his purposes through our life that will overflow into our life, into the lives of others, into the lives of our offspring and our children's children. So uh, you can visit moneymindingtoday.com, sign in with your name and email, join the Village of Blessings and get access to this show the next uh, four, all the notes, all the discussion questions. You can access the ebook and many other ebooks as well. It's all there for free. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have made a way for us through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, so that we may live triumphant over the plans of the enemy. I pray that where the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy the good plans that you have for each of us, that through your power at work within us, we will see the death of money struggles and the restoration and the multiplication of finances for your people and for your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Have a great day. And remember moneymindingtoday.com. God bless.